Well, good morning, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my humble studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. We are kicking off uh, the new year with one of my favorite guests. It is Monday, January 1st, 2024, and Leo Holman is going to be joining us here shortly to talk about what's in store in 2024. That's the the theme of uh, of our topic today, of our podcast today, and I can think of no one better uh, to give his reflections from a, a biblical worldview on all that is uh, coming down the pike in the coming year. You know, we've been talking about 2024, 2025 for some time. I addressed it extensively in my a book, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, that came out in March of last year. I have a whole chapter on the Luciferian timetable. And then as things have unfolded, many, many uh, prophecy uh, experts and uh, commentators have been out there talking about 2024, the election year, all the things coming down the the, the pike here, full speed ahead. Uh, but Leo Holman uh, tends to be uh, kind of the bellwether. He's the guy out front uh, really doing the the, the research, and uh, his articles are extremely, extremely well-researched and well-written. And so uh, I asked him if he would come on uh, the program today and just kind of walk through uh, his uh, top 10 list, if you will. He wrote an article on uh, December the 29th, so just a couple of days ago. Uh, at least that's when I saw it posted uh, in my inbox. And by the way, if you don't subscribe uh, to Leo Homan's uh, Substack or his website, you are missing out, especially this year. You need to stay connected uh, to Leo Holman and, and the stuff that he puts out. Um, but uh, I thought, wow, what a perfect topic. Uh, the article that came out uh, last uh, Friday was called 10 Predictions for 2024. Get ready for tough times with war, economic collapse, on and economic collapse on the horizon. So we'll bring Leo on here in just a moment. But as always, I want to begin with just a, a word of uh, a, a scripture passage, a, a word from the word, if you will. And, uh, you know, at, at Not By Works, we're committed to seeing the word of God as the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And so uh, I thought of 2 Chronicles 16.9. We've come back to it a couple of times in the, in the last year, uh, but it seems quite appropriate for the coming year where we read, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And then he goes on to say, by the way, this was Hananiah's uh, message to uh, King Asa, the king of the southern kingdom, Judah, there for some unholy alliances that he has made. Uh, and he goes on to tell him, in this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. And what he's talking about is how uh, Asa uh, bribed Ben-Hadad, the king of Damascus, the Aramean king, uh, and made an unholy alliance with him, a defense treaty with him, and he should have been relying on the Lord. And as a result of this uh, foolish action, uh, the prophet Hananiah told him he would uh, experience uh, war and, and difficult times, and indeed that's exactly what happened. But the first part of that verse is really encouraging, and it should be to believers, to people of faith, men and women who trust the Lord first for their own salvation. They place their faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again to pay their personal penalty for sin, and therefore 
are in right relationship with God. They're, they're right standing before him because of the righteousness of Christ that comes by faith. But then even as believers, we must continue to walk by faith and not by sight. And those who do can be encouraged to know that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on our behalf. Paul put it this way in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Even though we're going to be talking today about Satan's plans as he conspires with these evil globalists and other Luciferians on earth to try to usher in a one-world system of uh, uh, politically, religiously, and economically, just as Scripture foretells, uh, we know that God has a plan, and God's plan always trumps Satan's plan. God's plan is uh, true and faithful and will result in the return of Christ triumphant at the end of the tribulation period to usher in a different kind of one-world system, a one-world of, of peace and righteousness and justice. And so let's remember this year as we go through the year, and we don't know what, what's coming ahead and, and what troubles may lurk around the corner, but God is faithful. Proverbs 24.10 reminds us, if you faint in the day of adversity— your faith is strong. Your strength is strong. And so we want to remain strong. And we're going to be talking all week, by the way, this week about what uh, lies ahead in 2024. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about the good news in 2024. You don't want to miss that. Uh, then Wednesday, we resume after a week off our World Events Update with Randy. On uh, Thursday, I'm on Stand Up for the Truth with Mary Danielson. Then we've got another guest uh, still waiting to confirm, but you won't want to miss Friday's podcast as well as we uh, hope to talk about technological trends in 2024. Uh, but uh, here we go. I mean, 2024, it's finally here. And um, man, I don't even hardly know where to begin. I'm so thankful that Leo wrote this uh, article that we can kind of use as a, a blueprint for our discussion today. LeoHoman.com. And then uh, I think it's LeoHoman.substack.com. Is that right? That is correct, JB. Yeah, those are my two main websites. Well, Leo, thanks so much for joining us and uh, hope you had a, a very Merry Christmas and your new year is off to a great start. It's only been a day. So if, you're, if your new year is already off to a bad start, <laughs> it doesn't bode well, but uh, hopefully you're doing well, my friend. I am so far so good as we're just barely into it. Well, I'm an optimist. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So I like to think of we're one 365th of the way through the year. So that's, you know, there you go. We can check that one off our calendar. So absolutely. Uh, well, listen, so you, uh, you and I have talked many times and I have benefited uh, even before we had the chance to meet. Uh, I benefited like so many others from your work through the years. I've cited you extensively in, in uh, my books because I, I find you to be reasoned, balanced, and yet you understand the big picture. So uh, in this article that you wrote on uh, Friday, Man, it is power packed. I want people to read it again. It's called 10 Predictions for 2024. Get ready for tough times with war and economic collapse on the horizon. Uh, and uh, they can get that at leohoman.com. That's where I got it. Uh, so definitely take the time to read it. But let's just kind of work our way uh, through. Start with the big picture. Um, it does not look to be uh, a promising year for the United States of America, does it? Uh, no, JB, I can't say that I'm too optimistic on the future of America. Um, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, in the end times, even in the, you know, tribulation period, people will still be marrying and giving in marriage, partying it up, maybe 
you know, right to the, even as these horrible things are happening elsewhere. I feel like this could be the elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because that's happening worldwide doesn't mean that necessarily that will be the norm here in America. And I feel like uh, <clears throat> 2023 was a year of thing, a, a period of time where the uh, if you were awake and paying attention, the plans of the evil one were revealed. Mm. Uh, they came right out in the open and told us what they have planned. A lot of that started in 2022 and carried over into 2023, uh, where the globalist elites, the World Economic Forum, power brokers, uh, just told us that, A, we have too many people in the world, uh, too many useless people, as Yuval Harari put it, uh, chat GPT came into its own in 2023. We saw the potential for AI to take over uh, so much of the uh, the world, not just the mundane tasks. You know, I feel like before they released Chat GPT and we got a better handle on AI, most people thought that they're uh, if they were a white collar worker, for instance. Um, maybe an accountant, a lawyer, you know, these type of things, they probably felt like their jobs were safe, right? Uh, But after we got a clearer vision of the potential for AI, we found out that even white-collar jobs, uh, the elites elites plan to eliminate and replace us. Um, A journalist no longer needed. We now have avatars. Uh, There's a new California-based news station uh, coming out in 2024, which will be 100% AI produced. The people will not be real. The, the, the news anchors delivering the news will not be real, even though they look extremely real. They are avatars. Um, and algorithms are choosing the news stories that these avatars will be delivering over the TV screen or the computer screen. And so I think that's a real that was a real wake up call for a lot of people in 2023. And that explains why in 2022, Klaus Schwab said we have to prepare for an angrier world. He was speaking to his fellow globalist elites and uh, they are privy to information long before uh, the rest of us poor slobs get the information. Right. Because they're the ones behind the curtain. uh, 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 you know, manufacturing everything. And uh, he said in twenty early 2022, I believe it was January at uh, the annual World Economic Forum meeting, that we have to prepare, we must prepare for an angrier world. And we saw some of that start to manifest in 2023 with, uh, you know, the riots in the uh, uh, France and uh, in the Netherlands with the farmers, where they're uh, they're not only trying to replace us and replace our jobs with machines, they're actually trying to, It it's become clear in 2023 that the plan is to starve us out. There has been a concerted war on food. The Netherlands, which is in the top two or three uh, exporting food exporting nations of the world, I mean, this country has it down how to mass produce food for a hungry world. What is the government there doing? Uh, The World Economic Forum puppet government? Uh, It has been 
forcibly buying up farmland. It has been uh, uh, trying to pressure farmers to sell their land and call their herds, their, their, their cattle herds. Um, we have seen here in the United States and across the Canada, a record, just huge uh, number of birds being killed. If one bird tests positive for bird flu, they kill the whole flock. You know, it could be a million birds. And if it's a meat bird, that's not a big deal because you can replace meat birds very quickly with uh, they. It only takes about six to eight weeks uh, from chick to slaughter. And so that's not a big deal if it's a meat bird. But if it's an egg laying bird, you can set yourself back years uh, in the food supply chain with eggs by slaughtering hens mm. because it takes uh, several, it takes about six months for a hen to start becoming a good layer, and then they uh, only lay really good for about two or three years, and then they're done. And so that is a, a, a not just an investment of money, but of time. And so we've seen the slaughtering of the cattle herds. The, the cattle herds in the United States are at the lowest level right now. The inventory of live cattle on ranches in the United States has never been this low since 1962, okay? That was the year I was born, so I can tell you that was over 61 years ago, going on 62 years. And um, so uh, the cattle herds are at all-time low. The egg-laying uh, hens flocks are, are, are at historic lows. Uh, there's a war on fertilizer, right? Nitrogen fertilizers, which is what allows uh, uh, developed countries like the United States, Canada, the Netherlands, France, Spain, Argentina. That's what allows Russia. That's what allows these countries to produce mass amounts of wheat and other grains. Um, and so they don't the these globalists at the World Economic Forum are warring against that as well. So it's like on every front, mm -hmm. JB. Yeah, these that what could define a Luciferian more than a person who wants to take away someone's food yeah, and, and slowly starve them to death? At the same time, by the way, they're pushing uh, toxic killer vaccines. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a moment because that's part of your article as well. But yeah. And of course, I don't have to tell you that they've been doing that in other parts of the world, third world countries. Uh you know, manufactured famines and food shortages yes. and things just to go in and, and take over those countries. And Kissinger, who who recently died, he said that openly. You know, we've got to quote him in the book uh, right. uh, that that was their plan. They they saw the natural resources of some of those countries. And so they went in and they just starved them out. You know, that's what and they also used vaccines to kill them as well. Yes, exactly. The, the, Kiss, the Kissinger report came out, I believe, in 1974. Yeah. And he said that we should uh, manufacture famines and other catastrophes to call the the human population that that yeah. we have way too many people in the world. And at that time, it was only what, maybe five billion. Now it's up to almost eight billion. So. Yeah. Uh, they put their plans in overdrive that multiple yeah. fronts, multiple fronts. They're attacking us. I want to go back to what you, you mentioned about uh, the avatars and media, because uh, a big part of what I've, uh, you know, kind of followed through the years has been the way the Luciferians telegraph what they're going to do. Uh, and they do it not just through media, but through Hollywood in general. And I don't know if you've had a chance to see um, that, uh, that film uh, uh, leave the world behind 
Um, yeah. To me, uh, that was it was quite interesting. Uh, of course, there was a lot of buzz about it in the in the preparedness world and and, and prophecy world. Um, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it, but at the same time, there were some key components of it that that I've seen popping up more and more and more. Uh, in fact, we were just at uh, the movies over the weekend and saw a trailer uh, for Alex Garland's film coming out in April uh, on the big screen, oh, yeah. Civil War. And I mean, that, just the trailer alone, it tells me you know, all you need to know about what they're conditioning the minds of the mass public for in the coming year. I, I think we're going to see uh, massive unrest unfold because this has been something they've talked openly about for really for decades to, as a a means of bringing down America. It's not the only weapon in their arsenal, but it is a key part of it. As you say in your article, why would they need to do for themselves what they can get us to do to ourselves, right? Right. So talk to us a little bit about, I, th I thought your opening to the article uh, and the connection you made between all of the weapons that we've been buying over the last 10 years, uh, strange departments like Social Security and Department of Agriculture and Small Business Administration buying all of these weapons, and everybody's going like, why do they need weapons? And and you have an interesting uh, observation and theory. Talk to us about that a bit. Uh, yeah. Well, I start out with the border and the numbers of people coming across. I mean, we're told that this year it's been anywhere from eight to 12,000 a day. Mm. Eight to 12,000 illegal aliens per day coming across the border. Um and the major vast, overwhelming majority of them, of course, are men of military age uh, with unknown backgrounds. They come across with no papers other than they've been trained to say that I'm seeking asylum. And that puts them into the system. They're no longer technically, according to the U.S. government, they're no longer undocumented. They are here as, quote, asylum seekers. All they have to do is say that they're seeking asylum and they're given a court date. And I've been I've read somewhere uh, this week that they're now giving court dates as far out as eight years from now. So you can come across the border as a, a, a military age male between the age of 17 and let's say 45. Um, and you can have a court date assigned to you eight years into the future. So mm. that's as good as nothing. They know nothing about you, but you are now released into the country. And you, as long as you have that piece of paper saying that you've been signed, assigned this court date, you are not undocumented. You have a piece of paper saying that you have a legal right to be here. Uh, even though we know nothing about you, nothing about your plans, we don't know what skills you have, we don't know if you speak English or what other languages you speak, we don't know what uh, training you may have had in various foreign armies. Um, and so they're here. And I did a little math, and I did extremely conservative math. If eight to 12,000 per day are coming in uh, over the last three years since Biden has been in office, I figured that, uh, well, let's say that only 4,000 of them are, uh, are, are men of military age. And of those men of military age, uh, this is per year, it, would, it worked out, if it was 4,000 per day, it worked out to 1.5 million per year. Mm. 
Um, and so this is assuming that there were no foreign nationals of military age here prior to Biden taking office, which we know that's not true. Um, because if you remember the first couple of years of the Trump administration, he struggled with the border. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until the last couple of years that the border was finally gotten control of. And of course, we know under Obama, there was uh, open borders and, and it goes all the way back to George W. Bush and uh, and other administrations. Yeah, In they've fact, been. Let me just interject. They've there have been uh, eyewitness accounts of foreign military uh, soldiers on our soil for at least 15 years that I can right. remember. And, and that's just when I finally kind of clued in and started noticing it. But on, you know, remote parts of national forests and national parks and places. So, yeah, this is the, the, the thing about the Luciferian global elite is they they are in it for the long game. They they put this plan in motion in the early 20th century when they decided to take over just about every sector of this country to just destroy us from within and so that they can replace it. You know, remember, build back better, order out of chaos, the Hegelian dialect. Right. This is their plan. Uh, and 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 they've been in it for the long haul. So they're not, um, you, know, you know, sometimes we have this, uh, what I call the abnormalcy bias, kind of a play on the phrase normalcy bias. And those that study prophecy, uh, you know, sometimes think that the sky is going to fall tomorrow and we're always right. setting dates and worried about, oh, tomorrow it's going to happen. I call that the abnormalcy bias. And I think, um, certainly as you've talked about and I've talked about, we're getting closer than ever before. And it certainly seems like we've reached a, a tipping point in the Luciferian timetable. But that does not mean that things are going to happen tomorrow. And it, especially because the Luciferians love to get us all ginned up and worried about something when meanwhile they're looking, you know, like playing four-dimensional chess. They're looking, you know, 12 moves down the road. And so, yeah, they've been they've been uh, bringing in these soldiers by design. And again, it's not just a Democrat-Republican thing, as you point out, um, but it's right. and so worse now. People have been asking, I've did done at least two articles on this federal government military, the militarization of the federal government agencies. And other people have written articles on this as well. And the government has never really come out with a good answer for that as to why they, why does the small business administration need 40 caliber submachine guns? Why does the health and human services or the department of agriculture or even the IRS, for that matter, need this type of military-grade weaponry? Uh, the obvious answer is they don't. Um, and then they built, they purchased tens of millions of rounds of ammunition to go along with these military-grade weapons. Um, and so I am going to go out on a limb here and say I cannot prove it, but I have a sneaking suspicion that these weapons have been accumulated over the years. And this goes back to the Obama administration. I, it was not cut off during the Trump administration, uh, but it has been ramped up again exponentially under the Biden administration. These bulk purchases by federal government agencies with no law enforcement mission to them whatsoever, purchasing these large quantities of guns and ammunition. And so my hypothesis, and it's only a hypothesis at this point, it, I, I'm entitled to my opinion, right? And I'm going to give it uh, until the government tries to shut me down. 
<laughs> and my hypothesis is that these weapons were purchased uh, with a very distinct purpose in mind, and that is to arm these uh, waves of military-age males who have entered the country in recent years. Um, there's no no other reason you would allow these men into your country, JB, right. unless you had a vision for a future civil war and you wanted to arm one and supply and resupply stock and resupply one side in that civil war. Then it starts to make perfect sense because I cannot see in America, even even though we've gone down the road of uh you know, disrespecting our Constitution tremendously. I still can't see in America, for the sake of the perception, right, the global perception, America's very concerned about its global perception. We like to be, our politicians like to pontificate on the international stage about democracy, and they like to lecture other countries on freedom and democracy, right? Because it because that type of arrogant talk furthers their agenda and their empire building. Uh, so America's very concerned about its perception, even though it has become, in my opinion, a more tyrannical type of society. Uh, it still likes to maintain the perception of a democracy in a country that is, uh, you know, uh, uh, the home, the home of the free and the brave. And so, what I see happening is the South African model. Now, what happened in South Africa? The government didn't come and attack the white farmers and use the weapon. The government has unlimited, governments around the world have unlimited access to weapons and ammunition. You can buy it on the international market uh, from numerous sources. It's not hard to do. And so the government of South Africa could, could have very easily, if they wanted to wipe out the white farmers, just sent the uh, police and their SWAT teams and the military even and wiped them out probably in a matter of weeks. But they didn't do that when the uh, the black nationalist communist uh, 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 party took over South Africa. What did they do? They armed independent gangs, roving gangs of thugs and then turned a blind eye when they started attacking the white farmers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it, yeah, it's a it's a slower. It takes a little longer that way, but it accomplishes the purpose. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen in the rhetoric of the government and just the. Uh, the overall rhetoric and posture of the U.S. government since the Biden regime took power was one of disrespect towards uh, people who don't fall into what Obama called his coalition of the oppressed, right? Uh, he, he planned for a permanent Democrat uh, uh, power by assembling this coalition of people with a chip on their shoulder, you know, uh, racial minorities, sexual minorities. Uh, you know, they're almost running out of of minorities that they can. And there was like a totem pole, a pecking order of these minorities, like women used to be pretty high on the totem pole. Now they're way down. You know, a woman can't even compete in women's sports anymore without going up against a male pretending to be a woman. Why? Because the transgender uh, uh, 
movement has now eclipsed the, the women's movement in the pecking order of the coalition of the oppressed. But yet you don't see, isn't it interesting, you see almost no pushback from the women's lib uh, uh, movement, the women's liberationists, the uh, uh, the feminist movement. You see very little pushback. They just sort of sit in their little corner and be quiet and watch this happen. Uh, whereas their rights that they fought so hard for are being taken away right in front of their noses. Uh, why? Because they have a higher allegiance to the Democrat Party and the whole Marxist agenda than they do their own constituency. Uh, and so they're not willing to stand up and fight for young women whose rights are being taken away because the transgender movement, they understand because they're communists before they are feminists. They understand that uh, the rights of the transgenders have now eclipsed those of the women in this whole power structure of coalition to keeping America uh, divided. Uh, and so therefore it will be more susceptible to be uh, ruled permanently by this cruel Marxist globalist uh, coalition of really Luciferians, as you call them. And I agree 100% that that's what they are. Um, so yeah, this is what I see going on in that realm. Yeah, and that and that's what they call themselves. Just to be clear, remember, you know, the Bible lays all this out very clearly for those who take the time to read it. We have an enemy. He's a powerful enemy. He's seeking to destroy and kill. Uh, he's roaming the earth. Uh, remember when he approached God about Job? Uh, God said, "Where do you come from?" He said, "I come from roaming to and fro on the earth." This is the devil's playground. This is he's the god of this age. The whole world, First John five tells us, is under uh, the sway of the wicked one, and he is. Working working hand in puppet with these Luciferian uh, human accomplices to try to bring down this, uh, uh, this uh, you know, this country in particular, and ultimately the world, and bring it under control of the Antichrist and false prophet, his, his henchmen. Now, so many things I want to comment here. Let me just uh, check them off one at a time here. First of all, to mention, just to mention that the women's lib movement back in the 60s, like so many of those movements back then, was provocateured much the same way that BLM and these other things are uh, today. You know, it's it's amazing. If it weren't so uh sad and and painful to watch the systematic dismantling of our country it would be humorous really it's almost like a mm. bad b movie script i mean nobody would think you could get away with this i mean think about the borders like you just talked about um i mean if we ran our houses like that no nobody would do nobody leaves their door wide open and says come right on in we have security systems we have dogs we have guns we protect ourselves we protect our families we have fences and gates and locks and padlocks and nobody treats their house the way uh, the, that those that we've entrusted to run this country treat the country and and then you've got you know the talking heads on TV every year every day every night talking about you know the right left paradigm and all the the folks on the right are talking about how bad it is that Biden's letting all these people in and all the folks on the left are saying oh you're unkind and ungracious and and you're not compassionate uh and yet nothing ever changes it's they, they want to make us think we have a voice so that we can resonate and then every four years throw the rascal out that we think didn't you know do our bidding but in reality this is a plan that's been going on for a long long time you know I, I got myself in trouble back in 2016 for speaking out so vocally about the, the Trump fiasco, um, and I, I write about it in the books. But the fact of the matter is, 
as you said, it's not hard. If you want to build a wall, that is not hard. I mean, this country can put a man on the moon, supposedly, with basically paper clips and rubber bands, and yet we can't now in 2023, 2022, 2021, 2018, we can't build a wall. I mean, if we wanted to do that, we could have that thing done in a matter of weeks. It is not hard to do. You think back to World War II. We we did the atom bomb. We got thousands of people together and researched and did it, and, and we did it. Uh, so building a wall is is basic architecture 101. This is not hard, and yet people will say, oh, well, you know, Trump's enemies blocked it or this or that or the fuck. Yeah. No, that's ridiculous. If you want to do it, uh, you can you can get it done. Uh, but uh, I want to talk for a moment about the militarization of these uh, uh, departments, because this, again, is another part of the Luciferian agenda that goes back decades, uh, and we've seen it played out in local municipalities and local police. Yes. Yeah. Your average sheriff's department and police department now resemble the military force of a small country, and they're getting the funding to do that through something I talk about in my books called civil asset forfeiture, where yes. you know they pull you over for running a stop sign, and if you happen to have cash in your um, you know on on your person, they'll just take it. They don't need a reason. They don't need a you know no constitutional rights whatsoever. They just all they need is this the speculation that this might be somehow possibly related to the drug trade, and we're going to take it and we'll get back to you. Well, you never see it again. And I, I quote different uh, uh, city council members and and police chiefs bragging about how much they've been able to purchase yes. all this money that they just steal. And the same thing is true. With the federal government, they are they are using either black money or uh, our tax dollars to to militarize uh, things, and it's never about what it's about, as I often say. So you know, people sit back and wonder why are they arming all of these departments? But your you know speculation makes perfect sense. It's not about arming the Better Business Bureau or whatever it is, the, the Small Business Association. I guess it is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about stockpiling weapons for some yet to be revealed plan down the, down the road. So um so let's let's look at some of the the, the right because if, if if there's so much talk JB in the media and now Hollywood's coming out with it as you mentioned about civil war, right? Yes. Um and so it's it's easy to write one or two or people like me or you maybe off as conspiracy theorists. But when even the mainstream media is starting to talk about it and Hollywood's pumping out uh, uh, movies about it, uh, I would say there's a high likelihood that it's going to happen. And so if if it is true, if we conspiracy theorists are correct and we've been correct in every other one about COVID and everything else. So our, our track record is pretty good. Uh, and so if we're correct and the government, uh, the U.S. government does want a civil war to break out, wouldn't it make sense that they would have a particular side that they would want to win that civil war and to crush the other side? Uh, that's what civil wars are all about. You crush the opposition and then you occupy. Uh, this is what happened after the first civil war in the United States. Uh, you occupy and you change the culture of the losing side. Yeah. Um, and, and so it would be almost remiss of us not to, with all this talk about civil war in mainstream outlets now and the and the and the Hollywood movies. I feel like it would be remiss 
or let's say naive to believe that the United States government would just stand back and watch, right? Uh-huh. Um, no. Well, and the, the United States government has been controlled for forever. I mean, you know, but but especially since the turn of the 20th century. So it's not necessarily just the government. It's the people that are pulling the strings of our government right. want to bring this down. And they've played both sides of every war. You know, they fund. I mean, think about Al-Qaeda. You know, Al-Qaeda became the big boogeyman after 9-11, and we had to go out and kill a million Iraqi citizens, when Iraq, even in the official narrative, had nothing to do with 9-11, uh, all because of Al-Qaeda. And yet we founded Al-Qaeda. We started them. You know, we yes. they, they were allies of ours. And so every one of these, uh, you know, color revolutions and, and the things that we've seen in the last hundred years, uh, it's, it's very well documented that at least rogue elements of our government, if not officially, uh, unofficially, have sided uh, with both sides of the war. Going back to World War II, Prescott Bush funded both sides of the war, Hitler. Yep. And people don't know that, and that's a that's something that people don't like to hear. But it's he a- absolutely did. Uh, it was called the Union Union Banking Corporation out of New York City. He was funding the Nazis. Yeah. So you know, and and the media is always complicit. Isn't it? Could you imagine if Trump had something like that in his family background? Yeah. Do you think that he would he or anyone like him uh, would be allowed to just stumble through the primaries and then the general election with that never being brought up by the media? Right. 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 And yet George W. Bush and George Herbert Walker Bush, uh, Pappy Bush, as they call him, both became president with that never being raised by the media. Now, do we think that that could possibly happen by accident? No. Yeah. Well, and you've got, you know, the so many things that I talk about in my books, the, the whole skull and bones connection where, you know, in 2004, you had both candidates, uh, Bush and Kerry, Skull and Bones members from Yale. I mean, what are statistical odds of that? Not to mention the fact that they're cousins, they're related. So what are the odds with 300 million people in our country that the top two people running for president are cousins who both are members of Skull and Bones? I mean, it's just, it's uh, it's it's absurd. But going back to this notion of conspiracy theories, I'm going to be speaking in uh, February 29th through March 3rd at the Orlando Prophecy Summit again this year. And my topic uh, is the conspiracy theory conspiracy, Satan, secret societies, and the CIA. And then on my second message is going to be the New World Order timetable 2025 and the blueprint for global tyranny. But it's that first message on conspiracy theories that I'm going to be uh, giving a detailed, researched discussion going into much more detail than I did in Spirit of the Antichrist Volume 1 about the history of the term, uh, how it's been weaponized, what it really means, what conspiracies... Mm-hmm are uh are you know true and what ones aren't i mean I, there's no question that i am a conspiracy theorist and so by the way is every federal prosecutor they're all conspiracy yes. theorists because they theorize about conspiracies that are being plotted and planned and they arrest people for them and they charge them and and usually they find them guilty in the case of federal crimes it's like 99% of the time they find them guilty <laughs> so um so that's all a conspiracy theorist is this is somebody who looks at the facts studies them and draws a reasonable conclusion about uh, the fact that two or more people are working together to do something bad, usually in secret. But there's been a a there's a an element within the conservative Bible believing prophecy teaching realm that 
has, I believe, fallen right into the hands of the CIA in 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 using this mimetic hegemony, as they call it, this uh, this weaponizing of a term, and they've started bandying about that label, and it really gets my feathers ruffled because. You know, uh, that that's exactly what they want you to do. They want you to just dismiss with the imperious wave of a hand anybody who, uh, you know, says something contrary to the official narrative. And, you know, I think it was Einstein. I think it was Einstein that said uh, a condemnation without investigation is the height of ignorance. And to me, that's a very telling that anybody would just easily dismiss a theory without at least taking the time to look at the facts of the matter. I mean, I. I feel like I'm a pretty good researcher. I know you are. I, I wish I were half as dedicated as you are in your research techniques. Uh, I don't just throw stuff out there for no reason. I mean, I've got well over 100 pages of bibliographic citations in my three latest books. And so um, I just feel like, do, do you think, th this is a bit of a rant, but let me get to a question here. Do you think, Leo, that it's possible even within the the Bible prophecy realm that there are elements that might be controlled or controlled assets that are out there trying to foment discord? I mean, is that possible in your research? Nah, that could never happen, could it? <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's a bit of sarcasm there. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a given. Yeah. Uh, just like the Catholic Church has been infiltrated, the Vatican, at the highest levels, uh, you know, the, the Vatican used to be the world's number one militant opponent of Freemasonry. Um, and so if you can infiltrate the Vatican, the world's most powerful religious uh, hierarchy, fighting against Freemasonry, and install a Jesuit pope uh, with cardinals around, surrounded by cardinals uh, who have uh, are steeped in Freemasonry, then why couldn't you do it to, say, the Southern Baptist Convention or uh, the same thing to the, uh, you know, National Association of Evangelicals? Um, I'm just throwing these out yeah. there hypothetically. I'm not saying that they're run by Freemasons, but I'm saying, why couldn't you? Yeah. Why couldn't you infiltrate uh, some of these powerful, even and the and the the more powerful a Christian uh, institution, whether it's like a Christian university or a, a Christian mission missionary. Uh, if you look at history, the pattern is that the bigger and more influential. Uh, one of these institutions gets, the more in the public eye it is, the more uh, 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 more money it's bringing in, the uh, the greater Satan attacks it and uses his minions to infiltrate it. And, and you can just see that pattern throughout history. Organizations uh, that started out with uh, wonderful missions and did wonderful work, work became at some point corrupt and working for the devil. I yeah, don't know no, how else to say it. No, that's extremely well said and, and so spot on. And I know it's a often repeated analogy, but just going back to World War II, the way the Nazis co-opted the church. And I I, talk, I give several examples of that in, in, in my uh, recent uh, book, but it's it's shameful. And of course, Bonhoeffer um, you know, finally uh, uh, saw the light in, in that regard. But I mean, I think the same thing is happening today. I mean, um, 
But let, let's get back to let's get back to this top ten list because we're about out of time, and I, I wanted to touch on a couple of other things. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting that you mentioned here, and by the way, folks, you've got to read this article. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Leo Homan. This is an article from Friday, December 29th. Uh, the article is titled uh, 10 Predictions for 2024. Um, but you give a couple of comments here that I want to close out talking about. Uh, they're kind of separate, but let's let me just mention them both, and then you can take it away. One is the notion that uh, you know of how Trump's going to play a role in this. Everybody wants to know with the with the uh, trials and the election, how is this all going to play out? And I've been saying exactly what you said for several months now. I think either scenario is highly, highly plausible. So I want you to comment on that. But then secondly, the notion of the the continued ramping up of the government corporate propaganda campaign to push fear of viruses and sickness and so forth. And, uh, you know, you mentioned in that point that you don't think Americans are going to buy it. And, and you give some great statistics there about how only 7% of U.S. adults have taken uh, the government biopharma security state's latest COVID booster. That's That's stunning to me. But I'm a little less optimistic about uh, how much pushback there will be. I know there will be some, but I want you to talk about uh, those two things, the Trump factor and the vaccine. Wow, JB, I was accused by some of my readers of being too bleak in this article. Uh, <laughs> it, it sounds like you're even more bleak. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I know who holds the future, but I, I tell you, ever since we went down the rabbit hole for so many years now, I've seen uh the face of evil and it is real and it is there and so yeah yeah, yeah. right but these two scenarios to answer your question uh, uh regarding trump uh really i guess there's three scenarios the first scenario is uh that trump wins in a landslide because uh there's just so much discontent and 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 bitterness out there against the current regime and the Democrats that that he wins with such a landslide that even uh, any cheating that the Democrats are able to pull off is unable to uh, upend the, the numbers. And he ends up winning uh, in November of 2024. But he's but then the the globalists call out the dogs, so to speak, BLM, Antifa, the usual characters, maybe some new ones that we're not even aware of who are perhaps even more militant than, than Antifa and these groups uh, come out to the streets, uh, bloodshed. Uh, and then the, the government says, you know what, we have to call martial law. This is out of control. Trump has, uh, Trump has caused all of this. Uh, and so they don't allow him to take office. He wins fair and square, but the globalists do not allow him to take office. The scenario number two is um, that uh, uh, the elections are not are that that the people running the elections, the elites, the machine companies, all these folks, uh, perhaps there'll be another pandemic, and they force people to vote by mail, and you know what happens then, uh, they are able to uh, turn the tables on the numbers and, and and cheat enough to prevent Trump from winning, and we get four more years of a Democrat in office, uh, and that could trigger social uh, unrest, civil unrest, 
uh, potential civil war, right? Because now you've got all these Trump supporters out there who say once again, they have cheated and stopped our candidate from winning fair and square. And now you've got two sides going out at each other. Uh, the Trump people are enraged. Uh, they start attacking uh, the uh, the globalists now call out their dogs, the same dogs that they would have called out under the other scenario. Perhaps it's some of these military age men we talked about, right, who've entered the country, uh, over a million of them just, you know, uh, in one year alone. Um, and so there could be up to, as I state in the article, there could be up to five million or more of these military age men. If you go back over the, just in recent years <clears throat> who've entered the country and and now with economic problems, they don't have jobs. They're looking for a purpose. You the government could arm them and you've got your civil war uh, full on at that point. Now, the third scenario, which I really don't discuss too much in the article. But both of those first scenarios could lead to potential civil war. But the third scenario is this uh, that I don't really discuss in the article. What if Trump wins and they allow him to take office? Are we back to good normal times and Trump just fixes everything? Um, no, I think we'll still have civil unrest. Um. Trump is now in the White House, right? What do I make of that? Well, I'm sorry. This is where my cynicism perhaps comes in. If that is the scenario we end up with, then I personally believe, it's my opinion, that Trump was chosen and selected by the globalist elites uh, all along to have a second term in the White House. And I can even think of a reason why they might want that. Uh, you look at the military right now in the United States, it is operating uh, with threads on a thread. Uh, we don't have the manpower needed to fight Russia and China in World War Three. Uh, the reason uh, the the military always suffers in its recruitment under a Democrat in recent recent Democrat administrations. Uh the, the globalist elites often need a Republican president, a conservative, to rejuvenate that feeling of patriotism so that they can re restock the manpower of the United States military. Recruitment would then jump off the charts. They would be gung-ho. They would just be one false flag attack away from full-on World War III, and we would be able to have a military draft. None of the conservatives would complain about it. As long as you don't draft their daughters, I think they would be fine with it. They would be whipped up into a patriotic frenzy and eager to go to war against Russia. Yeah, that is I think that's uh, very well said. I, I I concur on all three scenarios. Um, I, I've said uh, um, unequivocally that Trump was definitely chosen. I mean, let's not forget he's the one that gave us the the shutdowns, the lockdowns, uh, stopped you know letting Christians worship Jesus on Easter Sunday for the first time in a thousand years, uh, fifteen hundred years. Uh, he's the one that gave us the vaccine or the the yes. gene altered bio injection. So I have no question he was and 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 he's the one who gave us five G. Yeah, and 5G. So no question he was chosen. He was it's a selection, not an election. But yes, and 5G, 5G is now being used to create smart cities, which will eventually be weaponized into 15-minute cities, uh, yeah. with all the surveillance cameras and speakers and facial recognition. And none of that could be possible without 5G. 
Right. And, and that those are open air concentration camps. But, uh, but so the only question remains is, did they want him to have a second term? And as you just mm-hmm. laid out, if that does end up being what happens, assuming we even have an election, because uh, a lot of this could unfold before that, that's a fourth scenario, I suppose, is they can right. have complete utter collapse of this country prior to 2024. And we're already in a martial law situation. Right. But if they put him in, I think that will be very telling. Uh, and you're right. Historically, we, we tend to see uh, Republican presidents in times of war. You know, go back to 2000 with uh, Bush, and then you've got you know 9/11, Afghanistan, Iraq. Um, you know, it, it's not all. It's not always the case because they control both sides. But generally speaking, it's a little easier for them to to gin up the patriotism, as you say, with a with a Republican in office. So yeah, it'll yeah. Be- it seems like they they use the Democrats to kind of instigate the war and create the create the uh, circumstances needed for war. But then a Republican comes in and 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 now you have the patriotic fervor fervor uh, ramped up to actually go to war. And if a draft is needed, uh, which hasn't been done since what Vietnam, um, even though that was originally instigated under Kennedy, a Democrat, it was ramped up under the Republicans to the point of even a military draft. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So then the other question was about the vaccines. Um and they're clearly that's a big part of their their evil plot, if you will. Um, I'm a little less optimistic that, you know, I just feel like I never, you know, underestimate the stupidity of the American people. And I think if you mm-hmm. give them enough fear, they will, mm-hmm. in fact, mm-hmm. despite having all the evidence uh, plain as day now, they will, in fact, line up. What is your thought on that? Well, uh, the elites are getting very, very worried and antsy about this, what they call anti-vaxxerism, right? Uh, the, the evil anti-vaxxers. You would not believe some of the, the hate mail I get uh, from trolls whenever I talk about the vaccines. I mean, that is the one issue that seems to trigger them. Um, I, I received one yesterday calling me literally every name in the book. Uh, because I touched on this issue of vaccines and how awful they are. Um, So that tells you how near and dear to the heart of the globalist agenda these vaccines are. And the the intent, uh, I believe, is to uh, uh, have a regular regimen of vaccines from birth to death, right? From birth to death. So from six months of age and actually even before that to... uh, whether you're 75, 85, or 90, they have an injection ready and waiting with your name on it. And they want that to be a regular injection, meaning at least annually flu shots, COVID shots, but even uh, biannual, you know, twice a year, I think is the goal. That, that's the uh, uh, sort of the, 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 the ultimate goal is to get uh, these mRNA injections and all the vaccines are going to go to this, folks. Don't think it's just the covid shot that is mRNA messenger RNA, meaning it 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 instructs the it your your the proteins in your genes to actually manufacture. Think about that. Your body is now manufacturing on its own. The covid pathogen mm. or the RSV pathogen or the flu, uh, think how easily out of control that can get and how it's wearing on people's immune systems. I read an article just the other day that 
Uh, we are seeing so much sickness this year, whether it's the flu, RSV, uh, uh, COVID. Uh, that's because of all of these vaccines. Hmm. Um, Dr. Geert Vandenbosch predicted this back in 2020. He said, you do not mass vaccinate for a coronavirus mm -hmm. or the flu or these common viruses. <clears throat> it will wear on people's it will it, you you start tinkering with the people's God given immune systems. And all of a sudden that causes mutations. Right. He is a biological scientist uh, and he understands how viruses work. They mutate. And when man starts meddling in the uh, viral world, all of a sudden you start getting new virus mutations that would not have happened uh, if you had just left it alone and let people get natural immunity to it, right? And these viruses then burn themselves out. But as we've seen with COVID, it's never burned itself out. Isn't that interesting? It continues year after year after year. We're into what, the third or fourth, like we're going into the fourth year now. No virus typically uh and that kind of virus just continues on and on and on forever. Some novel, supposedly organic virus. No, it was made in a lab and they are now furthering that, juicing it up, causing it to mutate endlessly with these vaccines. Um, and so that's what's going to happen with all of the vaccines, whether it be the flu, the RSV. They want to make them all mRNA and they want to change people's genetic code to manufacture these diseases uh, uh, inside their bodies without the help of nature. That is dangerous and horrific. And um, <clears throat> if they can do it with that, think of the potential uh, for future vaccines. I say in the article that I believe the ultimate goal of these Luciferians is to change the DNA, the genetic makeup of mankind to the point where uh, he, he and she loses their connection with their creator. I believe that's the goal. I don't think I'm pessimistic as to whether or not they will reach that goal. I think God will step in and prevent that. But I I do believe that is what they're trying to, to accomplish. Yeah, and he's done that before when they tried, when Satan tried through the incursion in Genesis 6 to mess with the human uh, DNA, God intervened. And I think this is one of the biggest signs that we are heading into the last of the last days and, and into the end times. Um, but there's no question there are prophetic implications off the charts for this type of uh, uh, tampering with uh, the DNA and the mRNA um, you know, uh, vaccines. And I think you're right. I think it is going to become uh, the norm. They've been pushing this. Again, they're in it for the long haul. So we, most of the world woke up to this whole issue of vaccines in 2020. Um, but, you know, you're right. The, the SARS vaccine, the SARS viruses, severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS-1, they, they never did get, still don't have a vaccine for it because you can't vaccinate for a right. SARS virus. And yet for SARS-2, which is what COVID-19 was, SARS-2, they, they rushed into market this unproven, untested, experimental, gene-altering bioinjection in a matter of months, spent trillions of dollars on it, um, and, uh, and, and it was not about what it was about. And sadly, the facts speak for themselves now as we see the data roll in. But uh, Leo, great stuff as always. Uh, let's not forget, folks, and I know this is your heart as well, that uh, we serve a big God, an awesome God. He's much bigger than all of this. This is all 
uh, falling right into place according to the prophetic scriptures. Um, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know when the rapture is going to happen. We don't know exactly uh, when the Antichrist is going to take the helm and some of these biblical prophecies are going to be fulfilled in, in, in full high definition uh, color. But what we do know is who wins in the end. And we also know that, as I started out by saying in the outset, um, you know, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So I just think we want to remind you as you enter this new year here on the uh, on New Year's Day, uh, keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. He's the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12. Uh, trust in him, walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, recognize that, uh, you know, our relationship with the Lord begins by faith. Uh, that's what Paul was talking about in Romans 1, 16 and 17, from faith to faith. We're justified by faith, uh, trusting in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again for our sins. And then we are uh, we, we live by faith. We trust in Him, knowing uh, that the future is in, in good hands. And so, Leo, thanks for joining us. Any closing thoughts? Well, I just want to thank you and all the work you do, JB. You, you've written, you've put out two amazing books. Uh, uh, you know, the 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 speed with which you put those out, too, was really impressive. They're so timely, the information in those books. And thank you for, you know, using my book and my some of my uh, articles as uh, sources in that book. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think people should pray as we head uh, into this new year. We're into this new year now. Um Pray, as I say at the end of the article, for peace and against war, because I believe war is the biggest threat uh, to break out in 2024 than we've seen in many, many decades. And when I say war, I'm talking about the potential for it to be on American soil. Yes. Uh, whether that be civil war or World War Three or potentially both, even at the same time. Uh, simultaneously breaking out. That would uh, obviously be the, the most horrific. But pray against that. Pray for peace uh, while at the same time preparing for worst case scenarios like Joseph did in the Old Testament, where he stored up and was able to help a lot of people. Uh, maybe it's your family members. Maybe it's your uh, neighbors or friends uh, who are maybe uh, uh, not as awake as you are. Uh, we're we, we're uh, watchmen on the wall for a reason, right? And Amen. and it's not just to save our own skins. Absolutely, Proverbs twenty two three says the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it, and that's uh that's what we're wanting to do here. And we didn't even talk about the global scene of war and all the positioning of our troops over in the South China mm -hmm. Sea and over in the Mediterranean and what's going on with uh, in in Israel. I mean, there's so many moving parts here, uh, and that's why it's important to stay plugged in. So I hope folks will stay connected to Leo's work, leohoman.com. Read the article from last Friday on twenty twenty four. Uh, and uh, and the you know top ten uh, trends here, ten predictions for 2024. Stay connected as well to Not By Works Ministries. We've got some of the best guests you'll ever find anywhere that are knowledgeable about all sorts of things, geopolitically, biblically, prophetically, financially, technologically. And so uh, really looking forward to another great year. Tomorrow I'm going to be uh, doing a solo podcast and just kind of talking about uh, some of the things that uh, that I see happening and where we're going in this uh, coming uh, year. But Leo, thanks again for joining us. Once again, Happy New Year, uh, everyone. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. God bless.